five. Tom and I are going to play good cop, bad cop this morning. You ought to come to this thing. I just want to tell you, there's going to be people here who have given up everything. You remember what I told you earlier about giving a dinner in the honor of Jesus? Well, here are Jesus' servants. The people who are out there day in, day out, have given up all the comforts that you and I enjoy, and they're coming here. Won't you come out and bless them? You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? I can tell. To come out here and look them in the eye and say, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for winning souls. Thank you for taking the hard road. We've got, we're here in the U.S. Thank you for going out there and representing the church. Thank you. Do you know what that means to them? Do you know how many of the natives come up to them daily and go, Thank you, thank you, thank you? Zero. Boy, it's great to have somebody come up and just say thank you. So come and in the spirit of, of Lazarus giving a dinner in Jesus' honor. We're giving, a, we're giving a dinner and a whole weekend in these people's honor. And, we, and they're coming from all areas of the earth. Come out and bless them. Make it your goal. Listen, how, how, how expensive is words? Just come up and look them in the eye and say thank you. I appreciate you're doing that work. You can make the, you can make the difference. You can make the difference. It's hard on a mission field in a gym. Encouraging words are, are hard to come by. So do that. I encourage you. Now that I'm done encouraging you, <laughs> I'm going to preach. Please laugh all you can now. <laughs> because uh, I feel what I have to say. Do you only have one thing to say? And let me, let's get it, get it straight to start with. We have a hundred minute service here. Always done. 100 minutes. Now it's been backed up, so we will get out at 1240. That's the plan. That's what I'm shooting for. 1240. That's the plan. But I, I, I assure you, I give you my word that I will say what I've got to say and I'll get done. And we can go. If I get done early, fine. If I get done late, have a little mercy on me. I want to say this to you. Our love and commitment to one another should override and outlast any conflict that we have with one another. Come on, the heads are beginning to nod. We need to love each other more deeply than the issues at hand. I'm not saying your issues aren't important. I'm just saying you've got to love each other, man. We've got to love each other and be committed. You know, I'm thinking about joining a new family. Mine's not working out. The woman in my home, we have too many disagreements. She believes one way, I believe another. You know, the food's never done right. Those kids are just not, uh, not what they ought to be. So uh, I've been looking around, been shopping around. I I've been looking at Rob's family. He's got a nice family. I think I may, <laughs> may go join there. But I've been looking around. What a stupid thing. What a stupid thing to say. But you know, we let our brothers and sisters yammer on about how, oh, I'm not getting what I need here. I'm just going to go off somewhere else. What an immature thing to say. I told you it was going to get hard quick. <laughs> I want to tell you, I want, listen, I want to tell you, this thing has broken my heart. It's broken my heart, man. It's time we started treating each other right. You treat each other like brothers and sisters and not like a stranger. 
You can't get up and walk out of a family. That's why divorces, that's why it's happening in America. Because people think you can get up and walk out of a family. And so they do. And it stinks. What I want to tell you is that we need to have a deeper love for one another. We want, to, we want to have a deep love for one another such that we can work out our arguments. This is kind of a, uh, uh, a spin-off of what I preached uh, not so long ago. There's an Irish proverb that says, it's easy to cut the potato in half where there's love. Right? Hello. That's, that's one of those you have to throw it out there and people get on that in a minute. It's easy to, to have the potato where there's love. What that means is, if there's love going on, the decisions are not so hard to make. Because if you do a little bit too much this way or a little bit too much that way, it's okay. It's okay! <laughs> That's what I want to tell you today, is we need to have an environment where it's okay with one another. I want to read you this, Colossians. I'm not just going to stand up here and banter. I'm going to tell you what God says. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. This is Colossians chapter 3, Kristen. Kristen is memorizing Colossians chapter 3. Chapter 12 says, as our brother Elio has reminded us this morning, Therefore, as God's chosen people, you're chosen people, you're the chosen generation, holy, you're holy. Loved. Listen, now this is my voice going to speak this to you, and it's words on your page. But this, if you want to hear the heart of your Father speaking to you today, this is what He's saying. This is what's on God's heart for you. So listen, don't listen to my voice, listen to the voice of God. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other. Come on, bear with each other. And forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Love is the glue that holds everything else together. What holds the church together? It's love. Love is the oil that makes things run smoothly. First uh, Peter says... That love covers over a multitude of sins. You know, we quote that, but man, it's true. When you love, sins aren't that big a deal. When I slip up, you cover me with love. If I'm in error, approach me in truth and help me out, but, but don't announce it with trumpets. That's not what love does. So let's love. I'm not saying the issues aren't important. The issues are probably very important, especially since they're yours. To you, they're very important. But are they important enough to destroy a relationship with a brother? God forbid, can we ever say to somebody, I don't agree with that brother and I'm just not going to talk to him anymore. No. No. Illegal. <laughs> don't do that. Our problem is, you know what our problem is? That our opinions and our issues, our pet issues, are more important to us than a relationship with a brother or sister. I only have one thing to say. I'm just saying the same thing over and over again. And that's that you, you've, got to, you've got to count 
your relationship with that brother more important, more important than the issue. Because that brother is who Christ died for. And he's your brother. You can talk about anything where there's love. Juan Carlos Ortiz down in Argentina is a pastor. And uh, he, he, the Lord came to him and said, I want you to go and, and get the pastors of the city together. All of them. Every denomination. And this was back a long time ago before we ever had anything like Promise Keepers. I mean, this just wasn't done. And so he went and, and he met with very limited success because people are, are so keyed in on the fact that we believe differently that they couldn't fellowship. So what he did was, he said, he went down to his pastor brother down the road and he invited him for ice cream. What he said is, a lot of people will disagree about the tribulation, but nobody disagrees with ice cream. <laughs> It's a platform of love. And he invited him and he became friends. And once you're friends, you can talk. That's all I'm saying. I mean, this is elementary. I'm ashamed. I am ashamed. I'm not kidding with you. I am ashamed to have to tell you this. We ought to do better. We ought to do better. We ought to treat each other better. Don't treat me like a stranger. I'm not a stranger. You can't just get up and walk out of my life. Now, okay, let me tell you who I'm talking to, by the way is the people in this room. <laughs> I just want to clear that up. I'm not, not talking to Aunt Sally. That, 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 and I'm talking to this. I'm talking to you. You know why? Because I don't want any more of my friends to leave. I don't want any more of my friends to go find another family. I want you to stay here with me. So we can, we can fellowship. If you've got a problem with me, come tell me. We get blinded by our own pet issues. Turn to Luke 7. This is the real text of my message. Uh, if, you get, if you understand just what this text says, it will change the way you do. Luke 7. Uh, verse 31. Jesus tells a parable. A largely, it's, just, it's not that it's a hard parable to understand. It's just people don't pay much attention to it. Because it doesn't impact them right away. But it's very impactful. To what then can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They're like children sitting in the marketplace calling out to each other. We played the flute for you, but you didn't dance. We sang a dirge, but you didn't cry. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say, he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, oh, here's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by all our children. Picture it. Here's a marketplace, and here's these kids, children, marketplace. The marketplace just busy, and people doing business, and carrying on business, and all the important things of life. And then here's these children going, all right, it's time to play the flute. Dancing time's here. Let's play the flute. They play the flute. And then when they play, the marketplace just goes on like it's supposed to. And then they go, look at that guy over there. Look at that guy, he's not dancing. What's wrong with that guy? We're playing! He's not dancing! And then they, well, okay, it's time to mourn. They play a dirge, you know. He's laughing! It's dirge time and he's laughing! You know what that is? That's just childish. That's just childish. They're, you think that your agenda is the agenda. 
You think that what you think ought to be is what everybody ought to be. Well, I got news. It ain't. <laughs> Your agenda is not the agenda. I want to tell you, the devil is tricky. You know this, but I want to tell you that, listen, listen up now. The devil can deceive even the wisest among you. Even the wisest. Because everybody's got a, everybody's got a, a crack. Everybody's got a, a weak spot. Even the wisest among us can be, can be dragged into this thing of taking up an offense. And we walk around with our agenda. Why aren't you dancing, boy? <laughs> kind of silly. What I want to tell you is that... Well, I, I, want to, I, I tell you this to tell you this. When I got here in uh, 92, the church had just had a big thing. I only heard about it. Everybody's wondering, ooh, have you heard about the thing? <laughs> the church, Landmark Church, had a thing. And it was that some people, a lot of people left because they felt like uh, there was too much grace. Too much grace. We're leaving. And they left. And then not so long ago, people were like, too much law. We're leaving. <laughs> what I want to tell you is, on the same day, this is true, true, on the same day, Chuck Lustig, where are you? He's my source. <laughs> Come here. Come here. See, I'm not going to tell you. He's telling you. <laughs> tell him. Tell him what you told me the other day. Pastor Fred and his letters. On the same day, uh, Pastor Kelly received <laughs> one letter from someone saying that there's too much grace. Then he opened up another letter and he was being told that he was too legalistic. So I figure there's balance here. Yes. <laughs> you're always going to have people on the left of you and you're always going to have people on the right of you. And you... In your little world, somebody told you that what you have is the right way. And so what you do is say, everybody on my left, they're on the left. Everybody on my right, they're on the right. This is the way. You don't have the way. Don't be childish. It may not be time to sing a dance. Maybe there's a marketplace out there going on. And you need to just get in on the market. See, when the people grow up, they go to market. They, quit, they put their flute down, and they quit playing the dirge and trying to get everybody to do their thing, and they go out in the marketplace and do business. That's what it's for, the marketplace. But see, childish people, you know, and I'm not knocking, what about being childlike? You know, the scripture tells us to be like a child. Well, not in this childish way, but to be childlike. I'll tell you what's, what's childlike. Andrew Winchell. Andrew, hallelujah, Andrew Winchell. Uh, love Andrew, I was over at Chuck's house. Chuck, no. Um, I was over at Chuck's house and we were playing basketball and he said and I said and several other people said Andrew you gotta get off the court we're gonna run over you me and Bruce Carter on a team we were doing okay we were, we were pretty poor at, at basketball but we're going yes <laughs> we uh, uh, I grabbed the ball I turned around plowed him over Andrew Winchell on the concrete just like you know, he went to crying, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, you know. So we went and sat down at the table to eat. And Andrew's my buddy. Me and Andrew, you know, we, we hang out. And 
instead of sitting next to me, he moved purposely and invisibly, <laughs> moved all the way down to the end of the table. And instead of walking on eggshells, because you can do this with people who are childlike, I said, Andrew, what? I told you to get out of the way, and then I run over you, and you're going to be mad at me? I said, I'm sorry, I really didn't mean to. What, now you're not going to be my friend? He said, okay. <laughs> he came right back over. Oh, that we had a church full of Andrew Winchells. You know? Childlike. Get over it. Forgive. Forgive already. If you're still mad, you haven't forgiven. Don't be fooled. Oh, I forgave him, but I'm still battling with feelings of anger. No, you're not. You're angry and resentful, and you haven't forgiven. Because forgiveness, when forgiveness takes place... I said this one time, and a sister said to me, she said, well, you haven't been hurt like I've been hurt. <laughs> and I said, I don't care what you've been. What I'm telling you is, when, when spir if this is a spiritual reality, the spiritual reality of forgiveness goes, when that thing happens, there's no more anger. You can say, I, I forgive, and you can confess, I forgive, and you can say you forgive, but when you forgive, the anger goes away. See, and, and God says that being reconciled to your brother is more important than offering your gift at the altar. It's more important. I, I'm not saying your issues aren't important. I'm just saying it's not as important as being reconciled to your brother. Leave that gift at the altar. Don't you let the sun go down while you're angry. Man, if you're angry, take that as a serious warning sign. If you've let the sun go down, it's, a, it's not anger anymore. It's resentment now. So uh, watch it. Um, and I want to tell you this thing about the pastor getting the, the grace and the, the law and the you know people on both sides. Just knock that off, will you? <laughs> We're just trying to have church here. You know, I mean, yes, it's important. That's one of the central issues. But Gene Ashby and I, he's teaching a, a class on the Ten Commandments. You know, and he says, we're bound by the Ten Commandments. I said, oh, no, we're not. <laughs> you know. But you know what Gene said? He said, man, let's have coffee. We'll talk about that. Is that okay? Listen, if you've got a grievance against somebody, have coffee. I don't even drink coffee, but have coffee with them. <laughs> have coffee, work it out. Be childlike and not childish. 1 Corinthians 13, turn there please. Actually, no, wait, stop. Put your Bibles down. I'm going to read this to you because I'm not going to read what it actually says. So. I want to paraphrase it for you. Because what I'm talking about this morning is about love, but it's about a particular facet of love. And this love is commitment one to another. I'm with you, man. I am with you. If you come up with some funny doctrine or you come up with some error or you come up with something, it's okay, I'm with you. And we'll talk about it. You know, Isla asked me the other day, she said, uh, well, what would you do if, if so-and-so happened at Landmark? What would you do? Would you leave? I said, I don't think so. I think I would stay here and bug you <laughs> until we got it right. That's what I'm going to do. I'm here for the long haul. You're not going to offend me and send me running. I'm here. You know, and that's, that's not, that doesn't mean that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be contentious or I'm going to try to work my agenda on you. 
What I'm going to tell you is, I just, I don't aim to, to break our relationship over an issue. Not going to happen. Because I believe in you people. I believe that this, this church, this congregation, especially in light of like what Chuck shared, you know, there's a little balance. You've got people shouting grace and people shouting law. Praise the Lord. You know, here we are. We've arrived. No, but I, this is a place where you can, you know, you can love one another. And we can talk about things. For goodness sake, start talking to one another. It's illegal. I'm going to tell you one more time. Don't ever, ever say, I'm going to leave a church and you never talk to anybody. Or make a little feeble effort to get it right and then say, oh, I tried everything I knew. That's like Shelly. She'll go to the top of the stairs. She'll, I say, go find your thing. And she'll go to the stairs and go, I can't find it. I'll say, go look. If you've got a problem, go do it. Work at it. Until, and if you've got an issue with somebody, I told his brother this the other day, he thought it was funny. Until, until you go and crawl around on your hands and knees saying, Oh God, have mercy on this brother, have mercy. And you wash his feet and pray for him. You're not done with him yet. You're not done. You haven't tried to reconcile. You're just, you, you know, go harder. Go more. Jesus said, you know, if somebody sends you, you go to them. And if they won't go, you take a brother and go. And if that doesn't work, get the elders and go. And you just keep going until it gets ironed out. That's all I'm trying to say to you today. We've got to love each other. We've got to be committed to each other. Because this, this ain't about the church hop. This is your family here. And if you can't get it right here, it ain't going to be right there. That's right. That's right. You think you've got people disagree with you here... You'll find a pile of them over there. I mean, this, place, this place is pretty, pretty good about, you know, people will let you have a little latitude. We need to be a little better about that uh, and, and work each... Am I, saying, am I saying the issues aren't important? Am I saying that, that uh, okay, let's just be loose on our doctrine? That is not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying none of us really have it down. So let's cut each other a little slack. Until that time comes. Boy, I wish somebody had come to preach this at my church when I was pastor. Not really right. <laughs> so that's why I'm doing it. Fred's away. I figure I would have liked it. Do unto others, right? You know. Whew. Jesus said, he told the Pharisees, he said, you, you know, you give a tenth of all your spices and yet you neglect the weightier matters of the law, which are justice. Do right to each other. Mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy on each other, man. And walk humbly. Put your agenda down because you don't have it. And, uh, is that okay? Somebody in here is offended going, I do have it. I'm sorry for you, brother. <laughs> I'm very sorry. That's a bad place to be. I've been there, done that. Got the t-shirt. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13 says this, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I don't care enough about my brother to hang in there with him, I'm only a resounding gong or clanking cymbal. If I know everything, and I've got it right on all the issues, and I'm right down the line doctrinally, but I can't, I don't, I don't value my relationship with my brother enough to talk through it with him, I'm nothing. Nothing. Love does not delight. Listen to this. Love is patient. People who are committed to one another are patient. You're patient with your brothers and sisters. You're kind. You don't envy, boast, and you're not proud. It's not rude or self-seeking. People who are committed to one another in love are not easily angered. 
people who are committed to one another in love don't keep a record of wrongs. People who are committed to each other always hope. They always trust. They persevere. Those people never fail. That's love. Jesus said to the Pharisees who had they had condemned innocent people. Jesus was walking through the fields with his, with his disciples and they, they pulled some heads of grain and started to eat it. And the Pharisees condemned them for it. And Jesus said, if you would only go and learn what these words mean. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You wouldn't have condemned the innocent. I want to tell you, if you will learn what these words mean, I desire mercy. Does that mean God wants us to be merciful to Him? Does He need mercy? No. Do you understand what those words mean? It's not, I, it's not the sacrifice. It's not what you do. It's not your liturgy that I'm interested in. I'm interested in you being merciful to your brothers. They need you to be merciful to them. That's all. That's, God says that's what I desire. is mercy. Done. I'm going to quit. Because I think I've said, everybody's real quiet, so I must have said it. <laughs> I ain't mad at you, but I'm, I, am, I am cheesed off at the devil. He has eaten our lunch, folks. You've got to start loving each other. He has, man, he makes one little thing. It'll just stick up and it looks like it's so important. And you're trashing your relationships because of it. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't ever, never. I, I wish I could make you stand up and pledge. I will never send a letter to a pastor saying, I'm offended, I'm leaving. Don't do that. Don't, man, if you, if you leave and it's undone, it'll be undone all your days. And I want to tell you something that you may not know. Because our pastor is cool. He's pretty cool. I gotta admit, I like Fred. But it tears him up, man. He's not so concerned that you have that that you think rightly. But when somebody leaves, and it's not just so much that it's a public slap in the face. But he loves you, man. He loves you. And he can't stand for you to wander off and say, I'm just leaving, I can't work it out. Well, why didn't you come say something? Let's work it out. Why are marriages breaking up? Because people won't work things out. Why are people leave churches? Because they won't stay and work things out. It's a sign of spiritual immaturity. It's a happy sermon, isn't it? But I believe, as I wouldn't do this, I would not do this if I didn't think that you would respond. I think you will respond. Because I'm just telling you the truth. I care about you. I can't stand, I can't stand. Listen, if we had enough people in this church that took seriously what Micah 6.8 says, act justly, love mercy. I love mercy. That's where, that's where my heart's been breaking lately. I can't stand to see people treat each other bad. I can't stand it. 
And you know what? If you had a guy like that here, there, 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 then all the other people who may not love mercy wouldn't have anybody to talk to. When they go to run their mouth or something. You know? Can we love mercy together? I mean, really? Man, treat each other right. Cut each other some slack. If your brother gets off, work it out with him. Don't give up. Don't run away. Come on, Rob. Now, what I want you to do, I guess what I'm, what I'm calling you to today, our prayer this morning in, uh, in prayer time was we prayed for the Kellys. We were praying for them while they were out and about, and we prayed for the elders. My prayer is that the leadership in this church, this time next week, will find themselves in an arena where it's easy to lead. It's easy to have that potato because there's love. And that's only going to happen if you respond this morning. I don't, I don't care if you come up or whatever you do, but I want you to respond. If you have, if you have been the church police and sat there with your arms folded while worship's going on and you've been saying, you know, I just, this is not my style of worship. You need to repent. If, if you have looked at a personality that's up on the stage and said, you know, this is not the way I would do it. You need to repent. Because you didn't come here to judge these people or the person sitting next to you. Oh, he's, she's just, she's got her arms up too much. That is not what you are here for. If you've done that, I want you to repent today. I'm not asking a lot. I'm telling you one thing and I'm asking one thing. I'm telling you, you need to start loving each other. And what I'm asking of you is if you've, if you've acted not in love, if you've, if you've trashed the person next to you, if you've talked unbecomingly of the leadership, even if it's something as small as said, you know, I just, just don't think preacher has it anymore. Shut up. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> sometimes, well, see, sometimes Shelly, you know, all she says is, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like. And I feel like saying, shut up. But I should say, don't do that. Don't do that. That's not, that doesn't help anybody. Oh, the damage you can do just by not having mercy on your brothers and sisters. Especially, I'm just pointing out the leadership because they're the ones we look at mostly. Have mercy. I want you to repent today. And I want to tell you to do it this way. When you said what you said, you said it to somebody. That makes it public. I want you to make your repentance public. Come on. I want you, I want you to come up here and say, God, forgive me for holding my brother to a line that I won't hold. Forgive me for saying something about him to somebody else that caused them to see him as smaller in their eyes. I want you to repent. You've got to change your ways. We must change our ways. We're the holy and chosen generation. If we can't love each other, how much less can we love the world? Please. I've told you pretty hard. I want to ask you pretty nicely. Please do it. God is sad if you don't do right. 
Y'all come on up. Come to the altar and pray. Confess. Repent. Come. Sing, brother. Please come publicly. You've said it publicly. Please come. There is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. And I can search for all eternity, Lord, and find there is none like you. There is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. And I can search for all eternity long. And find there is none like you. Are these people foolish up here? Is that why, is that why they, they fell into the trap of, of condemning a, an innocent person or, or judging harshly or, or being without mercy? I told you before, and I, I want to make this call specifically to you. The devil can get you. I don't care how wise you are. If you've been sucked into this trap, don't be scared what the guy next to you is going to think if you come down here. I don't care if you're a teacher, an elder, prophet, a pastor, if you've been sucked into holding a grudge, being without mercy, judging your fellow man harshly, come down here publicly, please. The wisest among us, it, I'm not mad at you, nobody's mad at you, but the devil's eating your lunch. Please come publicly, if you did the damage publicly, Come publicly. Just, just come kneel. We're not going to point anybody out, but I think it's, a, I think it's a statement of faith. Come, I'll give you one more chance. There is come on. Like you. Let him touch you. No one else can touch my heart like you do, and I can search for all eternity, Lord. And find there is none like you. Your mercy and your mercy flows like a river. And healing comes from your hands. And suffering children are safe in your
what he planted, he won't pluck up. Unity from the Lord. Let's pray together, because it's not over for you. If you know that the Lord was talking to you, and, and you didn't have the courage to come down, or maybe you didn't have the honesty to make a move, let's pray anyway. Can we do that? Let's pray together. These people at the altar, and you in your seats, for goodness sake, if you didn't come down and needed to, if you're there, pray with me, please. Lord God, Jesus, we are so grateful that you saved us. So grateful. Jesus, we ask you to have mercy on us. Forgive us where we have not been merciful. God, I pray that you'll forgive us for, for having a lack of love for our brothers, for holding as more dear some ideas than the people you died for. God, forgive us as a, as a, a congregation. Forgive us as a people. Lord, we're praying together, asking you, because we know that when you cleanse, we are cleansed. When you heal, we are healed. And Lord, he whose sins you remit, they're remitted. God, we petition you we say, God, forgive us. Teach us to do better. Teach us to have your heart. God, we, we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming. Ministry will continue. Be out by one. Yes, be out by one, he says. Be blessed. Uh, don't forget to do your families tonight. See you later.